All right. Sarah Pierce, we are live back on the Rise and Above podcast. How are you doing today? <laughs> Hi, David. I'm doing great. Good to see you again. Good to see you. I'm actually glad that our last uh, recording didn't work out because there were some things I said on there that I was having second guesses about. So, or second thoughts <laughs> about, I should say. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should have said that. But so, mm. fate had my back. Every <laughs> episode is like that for me. Every episode, I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't have said that. People are going to like write me and get angry. I but, know it. Let me yeah. share this real quick. I know we're live, but I'm going to try to share this to our my big group okay. so that um, people can try to ask us questions. I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. No so I have, a, I have it pulled up. So if people want to comment, um, cool. they can comment live and we can engage with them. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. So it'll show up over here. Uh, should show should show up on the screen, but it shows up on my main screen. Perfect. Cool. So what's so going Sarah, on with you? Oh, not much. Um, I'm currently on strike. As we talked last week uh, when we did the podcast the first time, that uh, it was a possibility that we would go out on strike. Well, they announced on Friday that we were going on strike as of 12 noon Friday afternoon. So we've been on strike since then. And today I had strike duty, which was fun. Took the kids. They had a, a great time uh, trying to get semis to honk at them. <laughs> so, Wow. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. Well, good luck with that. I hope everything works out how it needs to. Yeah, thank you. Um, now, it's I, I'm not sure how long you want to go for, uh, but it is 517 Living uh, Community Week. Correct? It is. We, we can go. I, I mean... We can go as long as needed. I mean, it's not like I have that much interesting stuff to say, but I will say, yes, it is. We're in the middle of 517 Living Community Week. So this is a fairly new setup. I originally, several years ago, well, I'll, I'll just give everyone a, a brief summary real quick of what 517 Living is before I dive into it. 517 Living started back in 2014. I started it because I wanted to feel more connected with the greater Lansing area community. I did not feel really very connected with the community at all. I didn't know much about the local businesses or the people behind them. And I felt like I was always kind of out of the loop when it came to festivals going on in the area. And I thought, you know, I'm going to live here, maybe build a family here. I really want to become more knowledgeable about what's available in the greater Lansing area community get more connected, kind of dig a little deeper, find some of the underground, you know, best hidden secrets and things like that. So I started a Twitter account in 2014. I called it 517 Living and I just started kind of retweeting local goodness, local events, things like that. And I quickly realized other people were very interested in the same content and were looking for ways to get connected. So I thought, you know, I need to make a main platform that's a little more organized than a Twitter feed. So I made a website, 517living.com. And I thought, you know, there's no way if I if I want this to be sustainable, I need to find a way for people to add their own events because I can't realistically be adding all the events myself. That just doesn't make sense. So I found an app that has a front end, front end submission form and embedded it right on the homepage. So it's a front end submission form community calendar. So people can go there, click a button, add their own events, and it gets organized into the lineup. And then I thought, you know, I don't have much of a marketing budget. What's a really good way that I can get traffic to this website so people can start seeing it? And at that time, Facebook groups were fairly new. In fact, I think I think it might have been the year that I started 517 Living that Facebook groups launched, but I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember back then, but I started a Facebook group. Didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I just knew that I had to grow it fast to give it some type of legitimacy. And also I needed to start getting people to the calendar so that the people who were adding their events to the calendar were getting the, the you know, visibility they needed. So I started the group. I started inviting everybody um, it's kind of unethical about it in some ways, you know, adding people against their will, which you know, Facebook no longer allows that, thankfully, for people. 
Um, but I was bribing people with get like prizes, like, Hey, I'm giving away prizes, join my group, you know, just super annoying and spammy, but some people put up with it and join the group. And some people are still in there. I think the first person who ever posted in my group was Kat from the Lansing art gallery. I'm pretty sure I saw one time she was the first person to ever post in the group. So shout out to Kat. But, um, from that point on, it was just a big learning experience of figuring out how to optimize, you know, social media platforms, drive traffic to the website. And a lot of it was all digital on my part. You know, I was kind of behind the scenes trying to make things work and everything, trying to just figure out basics like graphic design for images and things like that. And I eventually decided, you know, I need to have an in-person meetup for everybody because I'm all about events. I need to host an event. So I got a hold of Henry Kwok, owner of Henry's Place in Okemos, asked him if we could use his back room at his restaurant, which is like beautiful. For me, I at an event venue, for me, I need like nice, cozy lighting. Like I'm not one to want to host an event in a fluorescent big like warehouse setting. I want it cozy and um, comfy. And they obviously have good foods and good food and drinks there. So we had a big party there. Um, and that was the kickoff of that was 517 Living Community Night. And then I had another one later on. I think it was the following year. We did one at there was a restaurant in downtown called Aladdin's. We did there one there. And I realized, OK, this is way too small. I need to get a bigger venue. So the next year we moved to Waldemar Nature Center at their barn. That one was probably one of the prettiest events we had because it was was lit up with all colorful lights and Christmas lights inside. And there was great vendors, like top quality vendors and music. Uh, Mikey Austin performed. There was the ukulele ensemble performed, which is all kids. And the Swift Brothers, they were doing their covers and originals. It was just wonderful. I loved it. There was food trucks, kombucha. Uh, very cool. So then COVID hit. I had to kind of figure out a new format if I wanted to keep trying to do something like that. So I tried out 517 Living Community Week, which was, I just said, hey, let's just celebrate everything in the greater Lansing area. Uh, everybody, I know a lot of people can't visit your businesses in person, but let's do some online specials. Like if you're selling gift cards or, you know, anything that you can promote, let's do specials and discounts and promote local businesses and like unique experiences. So that was my first attempt at 517 Living Community Week. The next time, and I'm, this is all based on my spotty memory, so I might have some gaps in here. But the next time I hosted 517 Living Community Week, things had kind of opened up a little bit. So I did the new format of 517 Living Community Week, and I combined it with an in-person party, the 517 Living Community Night that you were at at Hawk Island Park. And that one had great vendors. I partnered up with LiveWell, the healing community. So they had a pavilion too, and they were doing wellness activities like meditation, drum circle, uh, auricular acupuncture, really cool stuff. And then in the main pavilion, we had like open mic and it was just really cool. And there was perfect weather. We had food trucks. And the problem with that though is at that event, I had had so many people who I had to turn down because I was running out of space. And I was having really great vendors and musicians and stuff come to me who wanted to be part of it. And I was already full. And I was thinking, you know, this is getting to the point where if I really want to be inclusive, I have to actually adapt a little more and figure out a better platform or a better format. So I came up with the idea that I'm kind of rolling out this year in like beta mode and I'm hoping it'll you know improve and grow and really become kind of a staple on people's calendars that they can count on because the plan is to have it the first seven days of every October so like first week of October October 1st through 7th every year and the format for this year is I'm invited everyone in the community to host their own event and add it to a lineup of events like festivities for the whole week. So the goal was to have not just me as a 
event host, but to have several, like the goal eventually is to have like several hundred event hosts hosting special events throughout the week, like concerts, open houses, mixers, special dinners, festivals, whatever. And they're adding it to a lineup of 517 Living Community Week festivities. And then I also added towards the end, hey, and if you want to do anything else in celebration of 517 Living Community Week, do that too. Like offer specials, do unique menu items. I would love it if like a coffee shop would have a special latte for the week or someone would have a special cocktail or whatever. I'm just like, let's make it a thing where for one week of the year, we're hosting a big lineup of festivities that highlight the great things of our community, you know? So that's, <laughs> that's my very long summary of, of what you asked. Yeah. There is a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, when you first started the 517, did you ever anticipate it becoming what it is now? I mean, now you have almost 50,000 or you have over 50,000 people in the group. It's grown exponentially since I've joined. Since I joined, I think you've grown like more than 10,000 people, which is insane. Did you ever imagine that that many people would be in the group? I think that's like probably my the blessing and the curse that I don't really think that far ahead. You know, I just kind of figure it out as I go. I didn't really have any major expectations for it as far as numbers. In fact, I even met with a business coach who I love, uh, Lisa Fisher. If anybody needs a good business coach, check out Lisa Fisher. But she was trying to get me to do that, um, the goal setting of like, where would you like to be in 10 years with this? Where would you like to be in five years? Whatever. What are the steps you need to take every day to get there? And I'm like, I have no idea where I want this to be in five or 10 years. I have no idea. No idea. Because for me, it's kind of like you take you take each day as it comes and you have to almost adapt, not on a daily basis, but you continue. Like at any time something dramatic could change on any platform that I use that would completely force me to pivot and go in a completely different direction. Like I'm at the mercy of Facebook and we all know how volatile, is that the right word? How unpredictable mm -hmm. Facebook is at any time if they wanted to, which I don't think it would be in their best interest, but if they wanted to, they could just be like, hmm, we're shutting you down. You don't get to use our platforms anymore, which actually happened I got put in like a halfway house, Facebook halfway house during community week. It was actually the day before. And um, all of a sudden they were like, you're not allowed to share links. And I'm like, mm. that's a problem because I'm supposed to be promoting a lot of stuff this week. So I found a back approach, back, well, back alley approach to doing it. But and also at any time they could just decide to get rid of Facebook groups. So I have, I just kind of decided to take the approach of, you know, I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm not going to base all my worth on it. If it doesn't work out fine, but while it's working out, I'm going to try to make it fun for people and try to help support, you know, people who are doing good things in the community and businesses and get the word out about events because I know that, since I have been doing 517 Living, it's helped me develop as a person. It's helped me feel more connected with my community, which according to you know research, that does wonders for your mental health, which then of course trickles down to every other area of your life. So I'm like, this is this is a worthy cause. I'm just gonna try to do what I can with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It, it's it's a huge thing when you have to feel like you're a part of a community and that's something that you've built is a community of people i mean we were talking last week where it's almost like a town square in a sense where you know that you can just go there there'll be people in your community there that you can engage with talk with you can promote you can literally do whatever you want in in lansing like you have literally built one of the most important tools that so many business owners use I know so many business owners that use it as a source of promotion for their business and it's yeah. free. It's free to everybody. It is free. And since we're talking about the group, I do want to highlight um, that 
there's still so many people in the group who are probably not realizing that their content's not getting seen because since the group has grown to close to 60,000 members, I've had to put some tools in place to, you know, filter the content. So what I mean by their content might not be seen is they might not have pre-approved posting status. So I just want to say right now to anyone who's listening to this, if you're in the 517 Living Community Facebook group and you want to share content, you first have to get pre-approved posting status in our group. And I did that just to optimize the quality of the content and make sure that the people who are posting in the group are actually intentional and they're trying to like actually understand what the group is about and not just spamming and dumping content into the group. So to get pre-approved posting status, can I share a screen on here or not? Does that yeah, work? Yeah, you can. Actually, I'm a, I don't know if I have, let's see here. I don't want anybody permanently seeing something on my Facebook notifications <laughs> that I can't hide later. I'll just say this. Go to our featured section or our announcement section. It depends on what kind of device you're on. It's also pinned to the top of our group wall. So you can see it that way too, but I know every device shows things differently. So either go to our featured section, our announcement section, our pinned post, whatever it is, there's a post that says group rules or guidelines, group guidelines, whatever. I should know that. But there's a picture of a green check mark and a red X in like the graphic. Read that and then what, I get it. Like we're blind to content because we are just like, bombarded with every kind of information these days but so many people will read the rules and then they'll miss the step that they actually have to comment on that post too so it says read these rules comment on there that you agree to follow the rules and then once you do that yeah you can post to your heart's delight am i crooked on your soup let me fix this you're slightly this backwards cameras <laughs> plus my face is crooked and this okay <laughs> whatever right, so here we go right here sarah does so, not like being on camera I'm, I'm getting better at it, but when, when I see my face backwards, it takes me a while to get used to it. So read that, read the group rules, comment on the group rules saying, I agree to follow these rules. And once you do that, post away. Once so a day, does, share how does, that, how does that work? Does it automatically do that once they agree to it? Or do you have to go through and select each person for I have to manually do it. So basically there's an option in Facebook groups where you can go find like, so I'll go through, I'll see, okay, who commented today? 10 people. Okay. They said, I agree. So I'll click on them and I, there's an option to give them pre-approved status. You can like make them a moderator, make them an admin or give them pre-approved posting status. If once you change someone to have pre-approved posting status, <laughs> it's just like getting so complicated. I think basically my group is set so that no posts go through unless you have pre-approved posting status. You froze up a little bit. I froze up. So, so did you. Once I give someone that status, they can post all they want once a day. If you don't have it, your post won't be published. Mm. It's annoying for a lot of people because they're like, why is my post not going through? But the reason I do that is because, ugh, I mean, if you look at some of the groups out there today, um, they're just filled with spam. A lot of them are filled with spam air duct cleaning posts from oh like, gosh. you know, there's a weird thing going on where there's a lot of that around. And it's like, what is that? Cause I have a, I have a, the rising above community group and I get a lot of air ducts, air duct cleaning scams going on. And then it's, like, last yeah, week, it's a weird thing. Somebody I know recently looked into it and it, it's like, um, people from different countries who are somehow, and I don't know how they're benefiting from it because they're doing it for businesses who didn't request it, but somehow they're connecting people. It seems like with real air duct cleaning local businesses who oh. like, it's weird. Cause I contacted one of them one time. I'm like, you know, you're not local. What's going on with this? And they're like, no, this is my business. It's um, Amber's air duct cleaning. I'm like, no, I know the owner of Amber's air duct cleaning. You're not them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I work for them. No, you don't. I just, I'm talking to them right now. They said they don't know who you are. And it's just, I don't know what they're getting out of it. Somebody probably knows, but um, why are they sending me to a local business? Like, what are they going to get out of it? I'm not going to give them money or I, I don't know. Is it, is it something to do with like clicks? Maybe they, they're getting paid like to have Maybe. their stuff seen. 
Maybe because it seems like a lot of spam content out there is just for getting clicks and getting seen. And I don't know exactly what they're getting out of that. Maybe they're like ma making their account more credible or something. I have no idea. Weird. If somebody knows the real like benefit to these people, I'd be interested in hearing it. I know the information's probably out there. I just need to look it up. But well, I need to take a, a thing from you and make my 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 Facebook group um, pre-approved status. That way, that way I stop getting these scams because yeah, they're the spamming. The spamming's insane. It's almost every day, like five times a day at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other the alternative would be to just only like set it so that it's not open posting. Is that what you're talking about? Like where you want to set it so that everyone everyone has to get published manually by you, or you actually want to give people pre-approved status? Probably pre-approved status, I would think. Okay. Right? Yeah. That, that either way, yeah, it's gonna help filter out the the garbage. Yeah. It's been a, a bunch of little things like that, which. Um, you know, it's just weird things you figure out as you go and you try it. If it doesn't work out, then you try something else. But I've found that doing the pre-approved posting status has helped make it easier for the people in the group who are actually local and who are actually like making an effort to understand the group. And they're not just using it as a dump site for promotional content, you know, which yeah. we're all guilty of. I mean, I'm guilty of being dumpy, spammy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, now you have the large. I would. I would say you probably have the largest Facebook group in the Lansing area, as far as like um, networking and community based. I think so. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of groups out there. I haven't looked at the count of all of them lately. Lansing Foodies is pretty big, but they're really like niche. They're focused more on food. Right. Um, I don't, and I think that there's some there's some like marketplace local groups that might be bigger. But I think 517 Living has the biggest like community style group, I think. Now, have you had anybody, any like organizations reach out to you wanting to either buy the platform or uh, want to help you monetize it at all? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, for sure. But I don't mean, that's such a complicated thing because I don't know exactly how to place a value. I know there's probably some type of equation that could be put together to be like, well, this is what it could be worth. But I feel like the value of my group is kind of in the va the values in the eye of the beholder type thing, where it depends on the person, what it's going to be worth to them, you know? Because like, yeah. does 517 Living make a lot of money? No. But it could to the right person or if a person is just looking for power to like have more reach and be attached to the clout of the brand since it's like kind of recognizable now, that might be really valuable to someone. I would have a hard time. I would have a hard time detaching myself from it, though. And if, if someone was like, we're going to give you two million dollars if you just hand it all over. but. I mean, that'd be pretty tempting. But if they were like, look, we'll pay you a salary. You keep running it, but we're the boss now and you're going to do it how we want to do it. That would be hard for me because mm -hmm. it's like I either have to have a clean break or nothing because it would be hard to stay in and not have the freedom to like mess around with it and try organic things and everything. Right, right. Yeah. And then, yeah, you don't want to be under the control of somebody else because then it kind of takes away the authenticity. It takes away the person behind the whole thing. I mean, because that's kind of been your stick is like you've yeah. been you've been the person that the, the no face lady for so long. <laughs> no face lady. No face lady. I'm going to make that my username on everything. The no face lady. It's probably taken. It, yeah. It probably I, the, the Wizard of Oz type person behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. The. It has, yeah, it's, it's definitely become, in a way, part of my identity. So that would be weird. And once, if someone was like, hey, you're Sarah from 517 Living. And I'm like, actually, I'm just Sarah now. <laughs> like, no more 517 Living. That would be weird, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that would be strange. It would know. be almost like the rising of a podcast without me. It'd be like, what? It'd yeah. be weird to watch somebody else control it. Yeah, it would be weird. 
Anyway, hey, can you see, should we ask, can, can anyone see us right now? Should we ask people if There's they want to ask questions? Let me go see. I shared it in the group. Let me see if anyone is even seeing it yet. You know how Facebook loves outside links, uh, especially from YouTube. Probably they'll show it to no one. Probably. Let's see. Probably. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Like I'm looking for it on my own wall and I can't even see it in the group. So thanks, Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna hold on. Let me let me just search for it real quick. <clears throat> oh, Kevin Lindsay, thanks for liking it, Kevin. If you're watching it, he's a good supporter. He likes stuff when nobody else does. <laughs> <laughs> I love those people. All right, people let's see here. All right, die. yeah. I don't see any questions on it. Yeah. There's a, I, I like it when the people are like, yeah, ride or die likers and like, this was super boring content and you liked it. Thanks. Not this, <laughs> but, you know, other stuff. So anyway, that's, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, five, the 517 has changed. Well, I mean, it has been the number one tool for me to kick the podcast off. I think I might have told you before. When I first started the podcast, it was hard for me to find guests and I would have to try to reach out to people and I didn't have any credibility underneath my belt because I was just starting and um, it was difficult to get people to want to do the podcast, especially in person. But then when I went on, I went on, uh, I, I was getting laid off because of like a part shortage at work and I knew I was going to be off for like one to two months. And I'm like, you know what? This is my time. And yeah. I had. I had just joined the 517 uh, Living Facebook group, and I'm like, I'm going to put a post in and see how many interviews I can get can get people to do. So I put up a post, just some something like, hey, um, I'm looking to schedule people. And then from that moment to this day, I have, I have, well, I mean, I've reached out to a few people, um, but to this day, I don't really need to reach out to anybody because there's just a constant influx of people wanting to do the podcast to promote their stuff to like promote their business their art their music literally whatever it is and it's honestly changed the dynamic of the kind of interviews that i i do because when i first started i started as a like wanting to just interview people that uh were like in foster care because I, yeah. I grew up in foster care yeah and i remember that yeah i i wanted to just kind of like take that that niche a little bit but um then I started interviewing like some local businesses and then it just kind of became that where I inter mm. just interview everybody. And it, it's kind of cool. It's How do you feel that your interviewing process has like changed your life? And, and how has your interviewing process changed in general, you think, since the beginning? Mm. Well, from the beginning, I, I took more of a dramatic uh, like if you go back and watch some of the first few episodes, I took a more mm -hmm. of a dramatic approach to each episode. Yeah. And now I do just like raw content, but I try to make it as I guess engaging on my behalf. I try to come up with questions or try to be try to ask interesting questions. So the podcast for me has like has taught me how to interview, how to talk to people, simply just how to talk to people because yeah, it's it was difficult for me at first because I mean, I'm a line worker. I work at General Motors. So a lot of times I would just put my headset on and just go about my day and yeah. you start to lose like how to communicate with people like uh, outside of like the just like, hey, how are you doing? Like what's what's going on type of thing. Mm -hmm. And you lose like the like how to ask interesting questions and how to like actually get to know somebody. And um, by doing the podcast, I've learned how to do that better. It's such and, an art, you know, it's, it's like a, a skill and art It is not something that everybody is good at or comfortable and it takes practice. So that it's a pretty cool role that you're in where you are becoming very strong at conversation and learning how to use, you know, like open-ended questions and, yeah, you've probably figured out just in your own mind, like what gets people to open up more and what's a tip if someone was going to do a podcast, what, what's one tip you would give them about conversation? Mm, I would say just be curious um, mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to ask that dumb question. 
Like, yeah. I think I remember telling Maybe. you the last uh, podcast we did together last year to promote this this uh, event. Um, I told you I asked the mayor about like what his job was. Like, what is the job of a mayor? And yeah. I remember he sat across from me and he just looked at me like I was like an idiot for asking that. And I was like, I, I don't know what the mayor actually does. Like a and, lot of people don't, I feel like that's a, that's a legit question for a lot of people. Like, cause we, we, you know, we hear about, yes, this is our mayor, but yeah. What actually, when it comes down to it, what does the mayor do? A lot of people probably wonder that. Yeah, I would, I would, I would hope. Otherwise I'm just an idiot. <laughs> but, no, you're not an idiot. But I think that it's important to ask the questions that seem dumb, even like if you don't know the answer and you're just afraid of um, looking dumb, then I mean, you're kind of doing it for the wrong reason. You want to ask the question that other people might be thinking, thinking about. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like I've heard other people who do podcasts say that sometimes even if they do know the answer, they'll ask the question because they know that like a lot of other people don't know the answer and they want them to hear the answer. So you can always just pretend like you really know the answer, but you're asking for the people who, <laughs> all the other people. Yeah. yeah. No, you absolutely have to do that. And um, especially like if you, if you know a lot about somebody before you have them on, like we obviously did this podcast before. Um, right. And, right. And so, like I knew about all the different things going on, mm -hmm. but like I still have to try to figure out like how to ask about it or how to like even have a conversation with you again that seems authentic even though right. we just talked so right well you know we we started it off on a totally different foot because the the other podcast that we did that didn't end up working out i think we even started it talking about fitness for some reason mm -hmm. and then we you know we, we went on to a completely different path because we also were talking about like celebrity like taylor swift and like aspen <laughs> kutcher and all these things and somehow like some other things came up off of that like the cancel culture stuff and people trying to cancel me and you know that's the thing the art of conversation one topic can take a conversation in a completely different direction or just one comment you know or question so it's yeah. really interesting it's like one of those uh choose your what are those novels they called them like choose uh, your choose. Ending novels or no there's a name for them where you get to a page and it's like would you do this or this if you're gonna do this turn to this page and it's like a new story or if you turn to the other page it's a different story based on what mm. decision you have the character make what are it's those a, called i don't know what they're called you're younger than i am i think they're more of a thing when i was um a kid it's a it that is so true though because i mean you could have something you want to talk about but then i say something and then it takes us down a completely different path and then you just forget about that that thing you wanted to talk about and we just take a whole different angle in the conversation that's right. why i love that's why i love podcasts because you really get to know somebody and like their interests and the things that they enjoy the things yeah. that they like their opinions their thoughts yeah. by just right. talking and yeah and was there anything have... that you found out about me as a person from your interviews that you were surprised to find out or oh, that yeah. like most people wouldn't know unless they listen to the podcast? Um, well, I, I would first say that you're an extremely nice person. Um, and for anybody who doesn't, doesn't know you, um, they should, they should know that you are a nice person and, uh, and I wouldn't always say nice. I, I don't know if I'm nice. Why wouldn't you say nice? I think I'm kind. I can be kind, but sometimes being kind isn't nice in my head. How I've come up with, like, I'm like, am I nice? In the past, I would say I was more nice because in my head, nice is like polite mm. and like this is my own description I've come up with, I guess, maybe, but maybe other people understand what I'm saying, where nice would be like, oh, sure, I'll do that. Oh, yes. Oh, like, I'm so nice to you right now. I'm not going to make you feel bad. Where sometimes I think being kind does make people feel bad, but it has, it comes from a place of like compassion where you're like, being kind might be telling people they have a problem. Whereas mm. being nice is being like, oh, well, we won't say that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate that. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, I, 
I agree with you. I think you're very kind. You're a very kind person. And I generous. Try to, I try to be kind. generous with your time. Um, I would say one thing that I learned about you, the first, very first thing that I learned about you, the first time I met you, I had this idea that the person that ran the 517 page is probably this old lady who <laughs> doesn't have a job and sits at home and, and runs this page. <laughs> I mean, that's what probably a lot of people think. <laughs> and then it's you- It's pretty accurate. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you showed up and you're, I'm like, wow, this is a young lady very ambitious. You own your business, your own business. A lot of people don't know that about you. You own a business and then mm -hmm. you also run the 517 page. Yeah. Which is another business. That is so funny. I have had people say similar things to that where like, sometimes it'll be like they expected me when they met me. I feel like sometimes people expect me to be a very like savvy networky person with like a short blonde bob and like expensive glasses who's like let me tell you how the facebook world works you know but i'm just not very sophisticated but <laughs> it's okay i'm okay with that well that's the thing in today's day and age with uh technology and the the internet you honestly do not need to know how to do anything you can learn to do whatever whatever it is that you want to do yeah. i mean that's how you i learned google everything that's how i learned how to do a podcast i had no idea how to set up the studio at all and yeah. this is probably, I, I mean, aside from like a radio station, this is probably the nicest it gets. And it feels like a high quality studio. And I think that's one thing a lot of people appreciate about the podcast is coming here and being able to sit in the studio and feel like they're in a space. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to like sitting on somebody's couch or doing like a, a live stream, uh, like out of person experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good setup that you have down there. And I like that you have your brother helping you out. And it's kind of like a comfortable setting. Yeah. You've, you've got your, your, what's that thing that you have? Uh, the glass. Oh, the decanter? The decanter. The yes. AR decanter or whatever that is. Can this get me uh, demonetized or anything? Yeah, don't put it on the camera. No, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, it's a very homey environment for sure. It's an AR-15. I don't know if you like guns or not, but this is a, a decanter. You put alcohol or whiskey in it, and then you can pour it out. That is very nifty. You know, I thought I was a whiskey person, but I didn't even realize that you had to use a decanter for whiskey. I thought that was for wine. What mm. is the Oh, well, we won't get into <laughs> We don't have to get into all the science behind that. But, yeah, it's a good good environment. And, um I think that you do have meaningful conversations with people and it, it helps people get the word out about thing about things in the community. Like I've learned about new businesses from your podcast and things. So it's very helpful. And I know people really appreciate having that extra support when they're trying to do stuff because it takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort to promote stuff, you know? Oh yeah, you know. absolutely. It's kind of exhausting, yeah, I mean, especially when Facebook platforms and stuff are hiding all your content and you're trying to promote stuff. It's like, well, kind of draining sometimes so it's nice to have someone in your corner absolutely when you have somebody else helping share your stuff and willing to promote you then it kind of helps elevate elevate your business and yeah. other people who aren't within your algorithm will more than likely see it yeah yeah now being a being a part of the 517 area and uh being somebody who helps organize all these different uh i guess organize the source to where all these different businesses and uh every, literally anybody can put events into the calendar how often do you find yourself getting into the into the community and and going to these different events and uh, making an appearance at these different things in town you know i have hmm, i'll just say that my my whole approach has changed a little bit since we've had different kids living in our home so i tend to gravitate towards more kid-friendly events now like for example you know there's some a lot of business networking events that i don't go to anymore because it doesn't really feel like i should bring a kid to them but i do i would say i get out a couple times a week i don't overdo it and i i used to try to like pressure myself into going to more stuff and getting pictures of everything and streaming everything. And that was another thing we talked about in the last podcast is that like, I kind of re-examined my approach to not being so rat racy, just kind of saying, you know what, 
just because there's, I said a status quo for Facebook, for social media of, am <laughs> I using that correctly, of what everybody else is doing. And, uh, you know, there's this image of what we should be doing with social media if we're wanting to do it right. And I'm like, you know, I, I just need to stop worrying about what everybody thinks I should be doing on social media and what's the right way to use social media. And as far as running a business that promotes events, how many events I should be at. And I'm just going to try to do it in a way that's more natural and authentic. And um, it's, it's tough because I, I've been really thinking a lot lately about what am, what am I doing with 517 living and what are some ways that I could be doing things better, but not just because that's how people think I should be doing them. Cause you know, I, I feel like if you look at 517 living, a lot of people would be like, okay, you've got the Facebook group close to 60,000 people in it. You're promoting events on a website calendar. What you really need to be doing is have a whole team of people who are out there at the events, getting pictures, doing advertising packages and posting so many times a day here. So many times a day here. You got to do the reels. You got to do the stories. You got to do this live. You got to do Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you know, and it's just like, yeah, the person with the right motivation and interest and like cognitive ability could do that. For me, I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. Like I know what it is like to manage people and how that is. It's a full-time job to manage people. So if I brought on, this is just my thought process. It's like, if I brought on a team, yeah, Facebook or, you know, 517 Living would start really growing. It would also start becoming, um, tedious for me. I would know, I know, would no longer really feel that joy that I sometimes get from like sitting down with my coffee and just me and my 517 living and I can do whatever I want. I don't answer to anybody. Well, except for the trolls, you know, but it's like, you know, I can just do my thing. And, uh, I have, I have to decide, uh, like a a good middle ground for making sure that people who are using my platforms are getting the reach that they are looking for, but also not feeling the pressure to turn it into this like corporate money-making machine. But, you know, at some point I probably should bring in interns and like, I, I've had a couple people who have helped me kind of like on contract basis, like, um, helping me grow the directory and things like that. And so far, you know, that's been fine. It's been super laid back format, but I'm, I was just thinking today, maybe I need to look into an internship program of, and just figuring out a really simple way to start branching out more, you know, there should be like a, a five, one, seven living podcast. That's like what you're doing. Yeah, but it's not five, one, seven. It's like everything. I'll just like go to all the people you've done interviews with and be like, now I'm doing the interview about what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would, that would be a natural progression. Like a lot of, um, you know, the path of what I'm doing, other people in my shoes would, yeah, go on and maybe do a podcast or something. I mean, cause but, it doesn't uh, even need to be like for an me, hour. I, I was just, I was just in a meeting yesterday. Oh, I think, sorry, I overlapped you a little bit. I was in a meeting yesterday morning and there was a guy who was like being helpful with his suggestions. And he was saying, you know, here's what you could do to make money. This is, you need to have a referral program where, you know, we have this club and you could get people to sign up for our club and you could get a kickback and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's a great idea, but the really for me, what I'm trying to build 517 Living into is a platform where it's allowing people to do that for themselves. Because I'm like, you know, it's going to be much more powerful for you to post to my group and say, I'm a member of this club. It, here's all the benefits. This has been my experience. That's going to be more powerful than me, a non-member, promoting membership for your club. Whereas that same thing for you. It's like you have a great podcast and I can just value the fact that you're offering a great podcast and I want to help promote that. Whereas 
you know, just because I think podcasts are great and so, you know, helpful and you do such a great job. It's not like I'm like, so now I'm going to do a podcast, you know, but just like same thing with, uh, you know, like a TV channel type thing. It's like I'll promote. Yeah, I'll be on TV and stuff, but it's like I, I don't have the passion to like start my own YouTube channel of my own show or anything, you know. Right. Right. But maybe I should, maybe, you know, that's the thing where I have to decide what are things or, that make sense. Or maybe again, that's part of the team of people that you bring on where you have somebody who hosts a podcast <laughs> and then you also have people that do other things as well. Yeah. Yeah. That it would be another thing where it would be like, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to paint myself as a lazy person, but I, <laughs> I think I've been like traumatized by I've, I've had over, I've had over 40 jobs in my lifetime. And so I've worked with a lot of different people. And so I know, you know, if I just did it right, the interview process and got the right person, did like a personality test or something to weed out the, you know, psychopaths or whatever, I'm sure it could be a beautiful process. But I, in my head, imagine it as in, uh, you know, Jessica she was doing the YouTube channel today and she went on a tangent about <laughs> such and such. And now we're all canceled. And I'm like, you know, think of the possibilities of if someone went rogue and you know, that's where my brain goes. So I'm like, it's I mean, easier just to do it my own. I mean, you kind of def, you definitely kind of do that already. Like when you've gone to different uh, businesses and you interview the owner or whoever's in, uh, in charge and you kind of have them talk about the event that they're host they're going to be hosting or whatever that's kind of a podcast yeah yeah kind of it is in it's like a very informal way i wouldn't say it. i when i think of podcast i think like structured focused themes <laughs> a lineup episodes but this has never been that though I mean, you could really say everything's a podcast then of like, I did a time sure. and I, you know, I don't know. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I do. Yeah. I mean, literally anything that's recorded and I mean, anything can be a podcast. So many people that I know yeah. that are actual podcasters literally will just walk around with their phone while they're recording their thoughts and then they'll like edit it to where it's, you know, chopped up and then they'll put it together into one episode mm -hmm. and then that's a podcast. Yeah. And then they just upload it. I will have to, yeah, I'll have to do some thinking on all that. In my head, I'm like, you know, I want 517 Living to be a blank canvas for the community to paint on, you know, where it's like, I put the platform out there and in a way, instead of having employees, it's like the entire community is on staff because it's you sharing content. Rachel Greco from Lansing State Journal shares her articles. In a way, you're all my employee. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. bringing their own content. Everyone's adding events to the calendar. Everyone, and that's why I like the setup of the Facebook group is there's so many thousands of collaborators that I think, yeah, I could bring on someone to do promotional content for the group, or I can just let the whole community promote things and let it work itself out. And if they're yes. not promoting, that's on them. That's authenticity. I like that. I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm pretty sure I had a kid over here who just tooted. Sorry, everybody. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> I got a four-year-old over here watching Little Einstein. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of so, topics that take you off, okay, what's next? You want how much? Or let's see what how long have we been going? Three twenty. You want to go I'm till? Sorry. Oh, what time you did keep we start? Cutting out. Uh, two o'clock or two thirty? Oh, I mean, two thirty. You want to go till three thirty? Or three thirty? Three twenty-five. Oh, yeah. yeah. Three thirty works. Or I don't care. Sure, I don't care. Okay, let's just do let's. Do one like one more topic and then whatever because you froze up a little bit. Yes, you you just froze up too. Okay. Um, one last topic. 
Okay. Is your okay. brother there? He's not. No, okay. it's just me. Just me. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think one last topic. All right. So I guess because this podcast is about you, what, what would be one thing or two things that you want the community to know about you? About me? Ooh. About you. Hmm. Ah, uh, well, for a long time and still, some people know this, um, I struggled with a lot of social anxiety. I would be in situations where I would, you know, go to an event or even if I would go to the like mire and I would run into someone I would know, I would feel myself having like a mini panic attack where I'd just like freeze up. And I would say that and I could feel myself. It's one of those things where you could feel yourself getting red and you then you're like, oh, I'm getting red. And then it makes you like more red. It, I was that type of social anxiety where I just was like, well, I don't even want to see people turning me turning red. So I was going to avoid contact at all costs, <laughs> like down the other aisle. So uh, I would say that through developing the 517 living platforms, um, my social anxiety has definitely gotten a lot better i mean i have very little social anxiety like i used to hey honey that's kind of loud the um the uh other than that let's see so would you healing would you from say, that like, well yeah what i'm sorry would you say that kind of by by developing the 517 living it kind of forced you into this position where you had to step out of your comfort zone to uh kind of face kind of face that that uh the anxiety up front yeah it was kind of like like systematic desensitization because it's like you know when i first started doing the event calendar and stuff and i was like oh i gotta go to some events at first it was kind of hard for me very hard for me and i would kind of just sit in the corner and leave as soon as i could and i'm still like that sometimes but yeah, I'm much more likely now to actually instigate conversation. I actually feel enjoyment and comfortable and I can actually relax a little bit and be present. Um, but a lot of, and this is a good reason. I'm glad you brought that up because anybody who's ever does see me out at an event, if, you, if I'm coming across as a B-I-T-C-H or like, unfriendly or whatever I probably just am feeling a little anxious and I probably I think another thing is um sometimes I, I will see someone I recognize but I don't want to assume that they recognize me that's probably like some type of inferiority issue on my part where I, I like well I'm not gonna say hi to them because they probably don't even remember me type thing so that's a, that's something I should probably get over I'm trying to straighten this out a little bit hold on um, but so I've gotten a lot better at that. I used to do a lot of the Irish goodbyes type thing. Is that what they call them? Where you're yeah. like at an event and like, you don't say bye to anybody when you leave, you just kind of disappear. And they're like, where did Sarah go? <laughs> it is because it's like, you, well, you, did, you did that to me at the uh, 517 community night last, last year. Oh, really? I, well, I, that's hey, different. You should meet David. And then you would just disappear. <laughs> that's a little different that was more me having my brain split into a hundred different categories of the day that <laughs> but yeah a similar concept but with this it would be more like i don't feel like dealing with saying goodbye to everybody so i'm just gonna leave tipping <laughs> anyway so that's gotten a lot better i also used to have a lot of anxiety about doing podcast type thing anything live or being on camera and like and now I do a segment with WILX every week. And so that's another thing where I systematically kind of just like desensitize myself to it. Where the first time I was on camera, I think when I was on the news, I think it was for 517 Living Community Week or something like that. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to have a panic attack on air. I can't do this. And, um, was fine and i was like okay i survived that and then next time i did it it was a little bit easier and so on and so forth so that's one thing 
it's crazy. It's crazy yeah. because doing a podcast, you would think that I would feel comfortable, like just sitting here talking to people. But every time we go live, which isn't very often, but anytime I go live and it could be on my podcast or on somebody else's podcast, I get so much anxiety. And I'm like, I yeah. don't even I don't even know why. And I, I think it has something to do with like just the public perception in that mm. moment. Like you know that people will currently be judging you while you're talking. <laughs> And yeah. whereas like if you record an episode and you just upload it later, you just kind of forget about it and move on and go about your day. Right. Right. You don't have to actively. Yeah. I, yeah. I get what you mean. Um, but if you were to do all of your podcasts live, you would slowly like not feel that anxiety about it because it's it, as you get used to it. You could probably even feel now, right now in this moment that you feel less, anxious than you did at the beginning because you're like okay i've been doing this for like an hour you know like all that so well I, and a lot of it also has to do with the person that you're talking to like you are an right. extremely easy person to talk to you're engaging you you have a lot to say always and that makes it <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean that in a bad way i just mean yeah, that I know, I know. You, you like you have things to talk about and some people don't have things to talk about and that makes it difficult that would be because hard. Then now that would be really hard doing the podcast pull that out of them yeah, that would be hard. You froze up a little bit. I lost you. Oh, uh, am I back yet? You're, nope, you're still a little frozen. So are you. Why is this? <laughs> am I making a weird face? Yes. <laughs> it's not my, I'm like mid-talking. So it's weird because we can hear each other, but we're frozen. Should we give it a minute or should we just close out? Um... Do you think that it's an internet issue? I think so. Yeah. I wonder if that was what was going on last time with a router thing. Well, we weren't live last time. It was so. This is what I think what happened last time. I don't typically recently haven't had my brother uh, helping me with the audio or with mm -hmm. the the video. I mean, okay. And so he helped me in that episode, and I moved the computer. And when I moved the computer, I think the uh, audio got unplugged from the computer. And so oh. the other day when I went to go edit and everything, I'm like, what's going on? And I look at it and I'm like, no. <laughs> so hey, I, I don't believe in mistakes. I'm like, well, for whatever reason, that wasn't meant to be out there. Well, um, at least we won't get canceled. <laughs> so I wonder what the viewers can see. Do they see both of our faces frozen or just your face frozen or just my face frozen? <laughs> can uh, hear I can let you know in a second. Oh, can you um, go look at it? Oh, I could go look at it too, actually. Let's see. Oh, I just opened it up on YouTube and it started from the beginning. Oh, yeah, mine too. I'll leave it up to you. Well, I mean, we can wrap this up. Um, okay. For some reason, it's not, it's not going back. So, um, If if somebody, well, I'm not going to give anybody ideas. Somebody screenshots my frozen face and uses it for anything. I'm suing. I'm just kidding. It'd be a great. <laughs> wait, can can you talk right now? Can I talk right now? Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at the live video and I'm. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Hello, everyone out there. You want me to keep talking? I could talk oh, about. So, so um, you're good. You're good. I'm frozen. That's interesting. Well, at okay. least it's a good. It's a good frozen. It looks like like a profile picture or something. Uh -oh. It works. Okay, I think we should probably wrap this up because my. I just. Oh, I, there we go. Back. I'm back. All Whoa. right. Um, okay. All right. Well, we should probably wrap this up. We're like an hour okay. in. Okay. Um. So real quick, uh, the 517 Living Community Week is this week. Anybody can sign up um, all week long, even up to the last day, correct? Yes. And how do all you do so? Information, yes, all of the information is at 517week.com. That'll go to like the informational page. Um, but if anyone wants to look at the event lineup, it's just at 517living.com. And it's right on the homepage. Okay, awesome. And there's a Facebook page as well, correct? An event page? Yeah, it's just like a basic Facebook page just so I had that 
platform covered and you can RSVP on there, invite friends to it. And it has the information on there. Um, but I'm using the hashtag on a lot of my content of just 517 week, just because it's a short hashtag. And um, so if you click on that and social media platforms, you'll come to content too. Okay, awesome. And then the link to that Facebook page or event is in the comments on this video. So perfect. Or not comments. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to highlight this. I'm I'm sure this will help get the word out to some people who probably didn't know about it. So thank you. Sorry. Awesome. Thank you, sir. <laughs> in the back. <laughs> <laughs> We're healthy. I promise. I'm out in the community at events with my coffee and kit. No, she's fine. I think she's choking on uh, nothing life. Damn, like, like life threatening. I think she's choking. No, what are you choking on? Juice? Yeah, she just shrugged at me. She doesn't care. I think she's just <laughs> drinking juice. Anyway, on that note, good professional. Right. Thank you for the invite on this. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks again for doing this. And again, thank you for your time. Um, it's always a pleasure. I love talking to you. And we just we need to do podcasts more often that doesn't involve just the 517 because we talk about so much. I have such a good time talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. It's good to talk with someone who yeah, has a genuine curiosity for things. So keep, keep going. And if you ever are needing an interesting guest, I know of some people who I think would be good guests for your show. Send them my way. I'm always, always accepting guests. So sounds good. We'll talk to you later then. All right. See you, Sarah. Bye. Bye.